Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 50. Wow, can't believe we've, we've hit the mark of 50 of Season 5 of Move Your Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis actor film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today in order to finish off this week is the godfather of the Movies by Minute community and, you know, the the, the guy who, who didn't start it all, but he he helped he, he constantly helps promote it, you know, producing uh, group shows, producing his own shows. You know, it's 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 always fun talking to him. Uh, Jim O'Kane, welcome back to the show, Jim. Uh, I, I hope I can live up to all that, Rob. Thank you very much. I, I think um, you're in a great week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I, I think I think I need to take a break one of these years just to just just to go back and listen to see what I did wrong. But uh, it's it, it, most of this has been from the help of the movies by minutes community. I I do some of the work, I do some of the the background work, but a lot of it is just getting uh, really quality uh, speakers to be on the show. And uh, yeah, but you're, you're like the engine things. behind everything that's pushing it. You know, you're the motor. You're the motor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just uh, I, I feel like I'm more like the tires. Everybody's push, you know, everybody does the, the they're the gas. They're they're keeping me going. Um, okay, but, could, uh, be. could be. Yeah, no, it's fine. But anyway, well, enough of the analogy. Let's let's get back on an airplane. <laughs> All right. So episode uh, fifty begins with Thorn, Thornburg starting to move around the cabin, and ends with Barnes giving a report. So we we ended things yesterday with just a few seconds of you know Thornburg sitting. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, you refer to it in coach, but I, I have a feeling he's like in uh, upscale business because of the way these seats are. And the fact that, you know, Holly is the CEO of a major company. So my yeah. assumption is she's not flying coach. You know, if we want to compare this to plane trains and automobiles from three seasons ago, uh, this, this is a very different area of the plane than what uh, Neil and Dell were sitting in. You know, it's yeah. a, a little more comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think she took her shoes off and made fists in the carpet while she? No, I don't think flying? so. I don't. I, I don't think okay. she she did. But but you see, that was yeah. good. You you mixed together two different uh, movies. Yeah. You know, because because uh, you know, Dell takes off his socks, and uh, you know, John is making fists with his with his toes. But John John probably yeah. already. Did. I wonder if John does that did that when he when he got to his in laws. You know, he he's, yeah, he's heart, flying with just... the kids. <laughs> You know, you have Lucy yeah, and, and John Jr. Hmm. You know, they get to the in-laws yeah. and they're like, Daddy, what are you doing? I'm taking off my my shoes in order to make fists with my toes. But my shoes are very close in case I need them. Uh, yeah, just just in case. Yeah. And I just wonder if, you know, whenever, whenever things get troublesome with the in-laws, if he just, just kicks his shoes off under the table and, and starts making fists with his toes. That's right. Um, I, I remember back in probably 1989 there was I, I read an article maybe it was in people magazine or something like that where they were talking about that they were going to be making a sequel to die hard and the idea then was is that john has to like save one of his kids while they're at like a birthday party or something like that oh, you yeah. know and and I, I just remember thinking that that's really funny that that's what they would do and i was like come on we're never going to see those kids again and uh you know we we do end up seeing them at some point you know we'll we'll, we'll get there yeah, there's cool. um, it, it well they yeah I mean they come in when when needed. I mean it's it's kind of like seeing uh, Reginald Bell Johnson. It, it's like oh he needs to be in this part just to show. Yeah, remember that movie? No, um, I think and, he was put in here because at this point he was already becoming more famous with Family Matters. So it was like all right, let's right. just put 
put a familiar face back in there. Yeah, he was he was the day player. So uh, uh, yeah. in and out. Um, the uh, I'm trying to figure out the the atmosphere in the plane. I know this is back in the days when people were still smoking, but it, is it really that hazy in the in the aircraft? Because it just looks like there's there's clouds blowing around uh, behind behind. Do you, think, do you think in 1990 you were still able to smoke on a plane? I, I know I did a little bit of research on this two seasons ago. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. remember. I just it was all a, just a, a horrible blur back then. I just I do remember that you know they'd have a non-smoking and a smoking section, but basically if you have a smoking section, the whole plane is a smoking section. Or oh, forget about that. Just even even talking about the people sitting in the row or two at the end of the non-smoking section, you still are smelling the smoke. <laughs> ah, it was. Um, it was banned uh, smoking on U.S. domestic flights of less than two hours, which became effective in 1988. The law was made permanent and extended to flights of less than six hours in 1990. Okay, so, so that's, that's right after this, because this apparently, you know, this was filmed in 89. So, yeah, so you know, it's apparently possible. And this was a tra- this was a this was a transcontinental flight to flying L.A. to D.C. That's right. So which that is a, over if two I remember hours. correctly, it's like a four and a half hour flight or four hours and yeah. 50 minutes, something like that. Yeah, it's basically a five-hour yeah. flight, which which yeah, they've so extended. <laughs> I keep I keep thinking of you know the diehard to use the phrase diehard smokers. I wonder if they were like you know scheduling transcontinental flights and flying backwards just so they could, <laughs> they could smoke while they were up in the air. Um, but uh, I didn't realize it was that. I I I knew it was sometime around then, but I didn't realize it was as late as 1990. You could still smoke wow. on a plane. Okay. Um, smoke them if you oh, got. Well, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> right. February 25th, 19, uh, 1990. That's when it was. Right. So, um, okay. Anyway, and, uh, and so Thorn, Thornburg stands up and, and I like the, the, I mean, there, there's a lot of leg room here because he moves past the woman who's sitting next to him without any problems. You don't see her having yeah. to like move to, to even, even like swivel her feet around or something like that. So, you know, I, I guess Northeast airline is a good airline to fly if you want more leg room. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I, this is an L ten eleven, I believe. I'm not, I'm not sure. I but, don't know. Uh, actually, <laughs> the, the man, the man that's coming next week will be able to tell you. But um, I, I think yeah, that, that was a you know a wide body plane, but it was a narrow wide body. Just interesting. Uh, uh, gosh, those days, those days of uh, 33 inch uh, seat pitches are long, long gone. But um, it uh. Yeah, I mean, but this is also a set. This isn't a real plane, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a plane for purposes of this movie. Yes. Um, the I remember. I mean, I remember Northeast back in the day, which. Okay, so Northeast. Think... No, Northeast. The original Northeast was was bought up by Delta in 1971. Okay, and this this is Did they still use the livery though? Did no. They... No. I, was... I was wondering if they retired the livery. Okay. I believe that they, they were completely absorbed by Delta. Now, I mean, I talked about this, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, how the uh, Northeast Airlines was originally going to be bought up by Northwest. Yep. And then something something went went uh, awry. And in the end, it was uh, Delta who, who purchased them. Yeah, I, I remember when I was when I was a kid, they always used to advertise the Northeast Yellow Birds, which were old. Um, they were Convair 880s, and uh, those were—they're kind of like the 
the the knockoff brand of a 707. They were actually faster than a 707, but I just I remember the Northeast Yellowbirds. They were bright yellow. I mean, like oh wow, school bus school bus yellow, and they were constantly any anytime you turn on a, a radio in the in the, in the new england or new york area you all you'd hear would be northeast commercials because they i think they really wanted a lot of commuter uh aircraft. mostly um it was between uh new york and new york and florida i think there were a lot of new york and florida or boston and florida you go to fly to miami so they were part of the uh they, obviously they were big jet setters for the east right um and Hence I'm, I'm the name northeast the, airlines <laughs> yeah, even though they even though they flew to the southeast, but of course you've got Southwest Airlines, which is you know they fly to Baltimore. So um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting. Uh, it, 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 it was when I saw the Northeast um, logo on the side of this plane, I was like, I remember that. It was, it's a nice a nice memory just to see, just to see that, even though you know it's been out of business for for years and years. Yeah, that's true. So and then he he keeps walking towards you know to, towards the right of the screen, and you know he he, he again the, the woman doesn't even bat an eye as she as he's walking by, and then you know we see that the the elderly woman who was sitting next to Holly is not in her seat, and then he walks over and gets really really close to Holly, which you'd think he would be a little smarter than that. Like, it is it that difficult to try and go out to like a different window to look out at what you're seeing? You know, yeah, I, yeah. obviously, again, it's for the plot, but, you know, <laughs> and I, I love how her jacket or sweater or something is just like uh, thrown over the back of the seat. Yeah, I'm sure the people behind her love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, the, again, the two people, behind, basically every person that we've seen in this scene, you know, both yesterday and today, they're all listening to their headphones. You know, because the yeah. two people behind Holly are also listening to their headphones. Holly and Thornburg are the only two. Who aren't because then maybe they can have you know a conversation i don't know yeah you know and you can yeah. you can hear her typing on a on a, a i guess a personal computer at the time um yeah. and you know he again he gets very very close and looks out and we see two planes uh flying by which which i mean again hal will be able to explain this a little better to to me next week but you know they, they do look pretty close. <laughs> you think yeah, that, that yeah. you think that even in situations like this, they would have a way of, you know, keeping the planes at a further distance. Yeah, and I would think they'd all be in a pattern. There, there's there's a holding pattern, so they they would orbit around a, a a VOR, some kind of a there's there's a marker, you know, out far maybe yeah. like 15 miles, 20 miles from the airport, and they'd just be circling that, so they would never see each other. Uh, except if you were looking down and, you know, they, they'd all be going in the same direction. There wouldn't be any right. of these uh, uh, collision-styled uh, uh, <laughs> directions. Um, it's, it, I, I'm, I, I'm wondering, uh, I, when the first line that we get in this entire, in this minute, is when uh, when Holly says to him, I think you're closer than 50 yards. 50 yards. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I know he was given a, you know, she was given an order of protection. She was given, she was given a, you know, stay, stay away. Um, does that, that, I'm assuming that she got that in a California court. Does, does California law apply in the air over Virginia? Just, I was wondering. Yeah. How. Yeah. We did discuss that a little bit uh, when, when Alan Sanders was on uh, oh. in week four, when they talked about that, because there was the argument about whether it was 50 yards or 50 feet, but, but we didn't come up with a solution 
as to whether you know whether that's something that's that's considered a national you know law. I, I you think if someone has a restraining order against them, you you think it's not only in that jurisdiction. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess he could face penalties when he got back to California, as long as he never he never came back to California. No, well, well, she's she's the one who has to face penalties because you know. Oh yeah, she's the one. Yeah. Protection of yeah. order. She can't come close to him. Ah, so yeah, that, so that could thing. be his his decision to get to get close. I mean, she's not attempting it anyway. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. That's right. Um, and then and then his response is so is that airplane practically. Yeah. Okay, I, I I'd be very scared if that plane was really only 50 yards away. You know, that's... yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit. For, I mean, if that's like a 747, it's it seems to be a little further away. It's it's difficult to judge distance unless you're like trained for it. Uh, that I mean, a lot of a lot of problems people have. When, yeah, but 150 feet is yeah, nothing. Yeah, no, you'd be when you're yeah, talking about that's aviation. Like the, the length of the tail on a uh, on a 747. So you're. Um, Right. But yeah, it, but it's um, uh, it, it's always interesting. People have do have a problem with scale. Uh, they see smaller planes, and they it, they people will think that they're going faster than you. You see a large plane like a like an Airbus 340 or something like that, and they say, "Wow, it's really moving slow." But actually, your brain doesn't process the scale of uh, of planes. They all in your head, you kind of see them all at the same size. So those small planes are traveling across a piece of the sky. Uh, it, it seems seems faster than uh, uh, than watching a large plane moving at a much faster speed because you're you're just your your brain is processing the, the time it takes the nose to the tail to pass the same piece of sky. Um, right, that's true. You know, and then we get, we get another shot after after he says so's that airplane practically we see uh, another shot of the outside which again it's it's very fake but. You know, we see just we see one what looks like sort of a plane and then a whole bunch of lights, you know, to to try to make us believe that there are other planes out there. And then Holly, you know, reluctantly engages in conversation with him, even though she doesn't really want to. And he goes, yeah, there's quite a few of them out there. It looks like a regular traffic jam. And then his response is, is there's nothing regular about it. Mm. OK, now traffic jams, you know. Um, so do you, do you know any other terms for a traffic jam? Traffic jam, a snarl, um, a... Ooh, very uh, good. I never heard that oh, okay. before. And that is one of the ones. Oh, okay. Yes. Snarl. Um, let's see. Uh, oh gosh. This is like when I'm trying to solve Wordle questions. <laughs> What's another synonym? <laughs> um, let me, let, let me let you, let me let you fill in the blanks on those. Uh, a traffic jam a snarl a uh, gridlock there is a, there might be one okay yes gridlock is another one. and then also a tailback that's the other one a, a tailback i've never heard that that's intriguing neither have i that's uh, you know um and what do you think there right now i have a, i found a list of the six largest causes of traffic jams what do you think what do you think would be on the list i'm going to go with uh a collision uh some kind of a some kind of an accident uh i would say simply the number of cars on the road um i know that when when the density of cars increases on a road uh speed uh, decreases people it's just a reaction that people have when they see a lot of cars they slow down even if you're going you know if you're going 60 miles an hour you see a lot of cars on the road you slow to 40 um and uh people just slow down to simply to the de density um and i would say 
another one would be merging. I would think any kind of place where where lanes merge that would that would cause a, a slowdown or a jam. But I'm sure you have many others. Okay, so the, there are six main uh, reasons for uh, traffic jams. Uh, we'll, we'll go from 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 bottom to top. So uh, first of all, you have here uh, poor signal timing. It usually causes about five percent of of traffic jams. You know the fact that you have one a green light here and a red light there, and you know that's obviously going to cause problems. Uh, then you have something that says special events. You know, so like uh, that's also five percent. Whether you know, I don't know, the president's in town, out, everybody, right? Yeah. The football game, presidents uh, in town. You know, uh, those type of things. Uh, bad weather uh, is okay, yeah. is around fifteen percent. You know, because it goes back to what you were saying before. When when the when the roads are are wet or icy, so people will be driving slower. And when you drive slower, there will be more congestion. Okay, then then you I have. I have a I have a story I have a, a, a quick story about that. Sure. I, I used to live in the DC I used to live in the DC area, which is very <coughs> heavily populated by diplomatic corps. Lots of you know different countries send send embassies and things like that. There's a lot of embassy staff, and uh, not too far from Dulles Airport, there's a Route Seven in Virginia, uh, and uh, I can remember being in a snowstorm. And one of the one of the things about that there are frequent snowstorms in Virginia during the winter. But uh, many people that have come, uh, embassy staff, diplomatic personnel, uh, many of them come from countries where snow is not a common event. And it's an unusual, uh, it, 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 it seems unusual, but it's a typical event when people that have not dealt with winter weather uh, suddenly find themselves struggling to drive in the snow. They will abandon their cars in the middle of the highway. <laughs> like they won't pull off to the side, and they'll just leave the car there, and walk to a, you know, a building or a gas station or something like that, and just leaving leaving the car there until the snow goes. And I can just remember uh, the entirety of Route Seven being closed down because people had just left their cars on the highway without moving to the side, and there was no way there was no way to to move on the highway simply because there was a a stationary, unoccupied traffic jam wow. that, that extended through through Route Seven. But, uh, right, I'm, and that, that happened many times. I'm, I'm actually very familiar with that exact phenomenon. I mean, I, I live in Israel, so usually we have one or two days of snow every year, you know, approximately. Okay. You know, and and I remember, I think maybe this was in 1999 or 2000. I was driving, no, maybe it was in 1998. I was I was driving from my home in Jerusalem to work, and it was snowing. And there were just cars that were abandoned in the middle of the road in the in the snow. People just got out, yeah. and you know that was it. They they said, "Okay, my car's not going," and apparently no one else is either. And it took me probably like an hour to get out of the city, which is usually a you know a seven minute drive, something like that. And then yeah. you know, and then after that, there was no snow because you know it was it was a you know higher elevation, uh, lower elevation, so there there wasn't snow there. So yeah, I'm I'm very wow. familiar yeah, with yeah, that no, type it, of uh, story. It, it's just a, a fast a fascinating um, you know tra trait of humanity. Yes, <laughs> when you, you know, if you're faced with something you can't do, it's like well, I'm game over. I'm 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 done here. Goodbye. That's right. Um, but yeah, it, it's a uh, wow. I, I we're recording in the middle of the summer, so it's yeah, <laughs> it's difficult to think of snow. But we're talking about a movie that's taking place. In the yeah, summer, well, even there, even if it's all fake snow, that, so that's. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the the next on the list is work zones, so that causes traffic jams, obviously. Um, you know, both because they, they they usually change the speed limit and they also 
you know, sometimes, you know, they'll close a lane or something like that. Uh, then the next one on the list is uh, traffic incidents, based on what you said before, you know, accidents and stuff like that, which my assumption is, is that, you know, uh, actually, I'll, I'll, and then the, on the, the top thing on this list that says 40% of all traffic jams are caused by bottlenecks. Okay. So then my question is, is yeah, okay, yeah. where, where is rubbernecking here? You know, does rubbernecking yeah. fit into the bottlenecks or the traffic incidents? Because it's both. <laughs> it's the idea that, okay, yeah, I, there's, there's, you know, for, the, for those who don't know, a rubbernecking is when there's an accident or some sort of incident on the other side of the road and everyone slows down to take a look, you know, uh, the vampires. Yeah. You know, just just yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very descriptive phrase. You know, let me just see what's going on. And that's right. Um, here here in Texas, they've put up uh, traffic signs uh, where they tell you. Uh, I mean, there you know, there's, there's cameras and everything all over the place, so they can tell you what's what's coming up in the next mile or two if there's a collision at you know the corner of Main Street and whatever. Uh, they'll they'll tell you what's coming up, and that was those signs were put up in the hopes that letting people know what kind of accident was up ahead would get the rubbernecking to a minimum. But all it did was people would speed up to go see what the accident looked and, like. So and causing more rush. accidents. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. And there's all kinds of uh, velocity changes. I, I think changes in velocity is one of the most frequent causes of, uh, of collisions on the, on the road. Yeah. So um, yeah, it just made things worse instead of better. So now I've, I've noticed that there's a lot fewer, um, uh, mentions of, of traffic accidents other than congestion ahead. That's all. They, exactly. That's what they put up on the sign. Yeah, you know, it's, it's most frustrating um, when when you're when you're stuck in in a traffic jam, and then you know everything just opens up and you don't know why you were in that jam. You know, like it, <laughs> there's yeah, no accident yeah. here. There's no you know. I need answers. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. What city do you think has the worst traffic jams in the world? What city has the worst traffic jams? Hmm. Um. Well, I've driven in Paris. That's pretty bad. Houston is Houston is not pleasant. Um, I would think something with. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm 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 going to guess Paris, but no, uh, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I've, I've never driven there, but I don't intend to. So I'm. I'm not, yeah. No. It sounds like it sounds like something to avoid. Yeah. Not 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 familiar about that either. But uh, yeah. So, that's a place that I wouldn't necessarily want to be <laughs> if, if there's yeah, if there's that yeah. many traffic jams. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, it, Paris. I, I've driven. I've driven in Paris twice, and it's an unforgettable experience where everybody seems to just throw themselves into. There's there's multiple lanes, but there's no lane markers. It's just kind of a a very wide avenue, mm. and if you go up by a Arc de Triomphe. Uh, you're just you're 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 getting in the circle and you're gonna get out and you just have to know where you're going because nobody's gonna let you in and nobody's gonna let you out. I, I think I did two circuits of the Arc de Triomphe uh, just to get out of there because I could not figure out how to get over to where I needed to be. Wow. Um, there, uh, I notice. I, I wonder how much uh, traffic problems are caused by uh, sat nav systems because. Um, as roads change, I've been I've been yelled at several times by my uh, navigation system in my car because it thinks there should, should be a road there, but the roads have been um, uh, remodeled and it's maybe 50 feet to the left and it keeps saying return to the route, return to the route. Well, that, I am on the that's route. That's why I turn off the sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I've had that also. It wow. told me that I've gone into areas where I should not be driving and stuff like that. It's like yes. you're not on the road and I am on the road. It just you know. 
just pushed off a little bit. Um, yes, so you started mentioning that the next comment is something that really uh, was, was, was well, maybe intrigued by? Um, yeah, um, let me see if we're up to, uh, he talks about- He says there's uh, nothing regular about it. And then he goes, see, you're intrigued. That's my gift, Mrs. McLean. Yes. I notice things, things other people wouldn't see. That's how I make people curious. Yes, and her, and her com comeback is, don't you mean nauseous? <laughs> and I, now I have a fourth wall, fourth wall question here. Is he breaking, is, is he breaking, breaking the fourth wall? Because I think if you look at uh, second 54, he's not looking at her. He's looking right at the camera. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're expecting to hear some kind of a blah, blah, kind of a, a musical note uh, as he's looking. But I, I, I could swear that he's addressing the audience at that point with, can you believe this girl? Yeah, but I mean, the, the conversation continues a little bit after that also where, where he says, look, yeah. the people have the right to know. Every, everything about everybody, you got in the way of that. Okay, so so my first question about that is, this is basically a, a future, uh, not a callback, but a future call towards reality TV, because that is why reality yeah. TV is so popular, because everyone is, is so curious about other people's lives and how they live things and stuff like that. You know, just, just even thinking about all the real housewives, not even, not, I'm not even talking about reality competitions. Reality competitions is the same thing also. You know the way that 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 people are. Yeah. You know, no nobody would have expected, you know, 25 years ago or even 33 years ago when this movie came out that reality TV would become so popular. You know, especially when there's yeah, a writer. I mean, he would probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he could wind up being the host of you know Love Island or something. You exactly. Know, obviously, that would that would be the uh, the the route of his career. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, her her response is great. She goes, "Listen, Buster." You endangered my children, and you didn't do it for anything as noble as the people. The only time you ever see the people is when you look down to see what it is that you're stepping on. And at that point, that's the look on his face that he's looking at us. Now, first of all, how did he endanger her children? He basically endangered her. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they might have taken away the nanny or the housekeeper that was that was there. Um yeah, you think you think uh, yeah, you think she's referring to Paulina here? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I just it's not like Hans Gruber. No, it's not like Hans Gruber would have said, "Oh, they've got kids. Let's go get them too." You know, that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, in terms of her kids would be orphans, or I, I, I that endangers them or, from that perspective. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Well. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why he would. Yeah. It's. Maybe the screenwriters didn't watch the first movie. I'm not sure. Maybe. It, Even uh, though it's the same screenwriter. But yeah, okay. He doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just all a, all a different world. Um, or yeah, when they were writing out the script, they were looking at the novelization, which was, the, you know, the Frank Sinatra thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just very peculiar. But yeah, I just, um, that one that one moment when he's looking. Yes. It, it, just, can, it just caught me when he's looking right at the camera. Yes. He's basically looking at the camera. You're uh, right. The, I, I think it is an attempt to break the fourth wall. I do believe it is. It's a subtle, yeah. a subtle attempt to do so. Now she calls him Buster. Yeah. You know, do, do you know anybody named Buster? Uh, Buster Keaton, I can think of. Um, uh, my uh, my uncle, my uncle Bill, uh, when he was a kid, he was nicknamed Buster. People called him Buster, but only 
there were only certain people from school, from what I understand. Mm, okay. Do, do you know what the name Buster means? Um, I would think somebody that gives you a hard time. I'm not no, sure. No, it actually means someone who's a tough guy. Oh, okay. You know, so like I, I had only heard of a few Busters uh, beforehand, never in person. I, you know, just things from movies or TV or whatever. Obviously, you mentioned Buster Keaton. Uh, you know who? Yeah, Buster Crab. Buster Crab. I would say another one. But, uh, yeah, uh, Buster Keaton. Right. Gosh. So Buster Keaton. So he actually was nicknamed Buster uh, when he was 18 months old because he fell down a long flight wow. of stairs and didn't get injured. And uh, a, a friend of the family named George Pardee said, "She whiz, he's a regular Buster." So then they started just calling him Buster at that point. You know, the the only ones, the only other ones I can think of was, uh, you know, Buster Brown. You know, for the cartoon oh, yeah, character Buster and the the, yeah. the shoe store. Loved, loved his shoes, yeah. That's right. Um, then Buster is the name of Andy's dog in Toy Story. Um, okay. Yeah, and Buster Buster Crab, the original Flash Gordon. Yes, correct. Um, um, and and I found a list of ten different uh, jazz musicians whose names were 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 uh, Buster, which I found really strange that you know Buster must be you know a common jazz name. Yeah, I'm, I was not familiar. Yeah, with that. no, I mean, I, I don't know any of them. You know, Buster Bailey, Buster Bennett, Buster Benton, Buster Brown, another one, Buster Cooper, Buster Harding, Buster Michael, Buster Smith, Buster Williams, and Buster Wilson. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was just uh, uh, an interesting uh, yeah. interlude. <laughs> if you're at a yeah, if you're at a jazz club and somebody says you know, you. Uh, I'm looking for Buster, and somebody shows up and says, "No, you've got the wrong Buster, Buster." I, um, it's wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those things that have just kind of dissolved. I don't know any. I don't know anybody of recent memory that named Buster, but yeah, they, there's there may be. If I'll tell you what, if uh, if anybody listening in is is nicknamed Buster, please give us your story. Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, one of the things I was trying to find out was is Buster like a nickname for something? You know, like is it a nickname for a particular name? You know, like like Jim is usually short for James, or you know Rob or Bob, or you know or or Bobby, Bobby or whatever. Those yeah, are any, those are you know derivatives of the name Robert. You know things like that. So I, I was trying yeah, to think of like I what's guess, Buster? Because your you, name is Buster Furious or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, because like my uncle Bill was Buster, but it yeah, you know, but it's like uh, Buster Crab was Larry Crab, but he also went by the, his original. His first name was Clarence, and his second name was Larry. So then he went by Larry Buster Crab. Um, I guess when you find a name that sticks with you, uh, it's just uh, odd. I, I mean, and, yeah, but it doesn't derive from anything. I don't know where Buster would come from as a, a another name. Right. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're thinking about, uh, you know, uh, Buster Keaton, I mean, his his original name also it doesn't make any. His name was Joseph Frank. Yeah. You know that. Wow. I, I also saw somewhere that it says that Lou Gehrig's nickname was was uh, was Buster, but I, you know, it's in one place it said that that's his nickname, but then you know I couldn't find any derivatives. His name was Henry Lewis, uh, even though his his original name he was. Did you know that he's he's German? It was Heinrich Ludwig. That was his. He was born. Wow. You know, Lou Gehrig was Heinrich Ludwig Gehrig. Yeah. So the things you learn 
on this on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a cornucopia of knowledge here. Yeah, um, which may come in handy someday. We'll find out. You know, just hang on to all these uh, these little snippets, and uh, someday they could pay off. Maybe, maybe. Uh, and then and then the the, the shot changes after this uh, the pseudo break of the fourth wall, and we get. Um, you know, we, we we see some EMTs working on one of the bodies. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're they're taking care of this body very well, because you hear like, you no. know, the, <laughs> they 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 apparently you know are trying to revive the guy, but when they when they put pick up the paddles, it sounds like they're pulling Velcro. You know, the yeah. sound doesn't really <laughs> work very well there, and and the well he. he and I love the fact that he also the two that. places where the paddles are, it looks like it's very, it's very bloody in those two spots. Yeah, or either that, or it looks like he was, you know, covered in salsa or something. It just, yes. <laughs> that blood is not, you know. I mean, I understand that it's a, it's a movie, but I think they would come come up with a better color than that fluorescent orange. It looks uh, kind of like um, I don't I don't know if if your folks ever used mercurochrome on you when you were a kid, but we used to have that there was this um antiseptic um salve that was put on any kind of scrapes or you know on your knees or shins or things like that and it was it was called mercurochrome it was bright almost that fluorescent orange and it stung like you mean like I, also, is it like an iodine uh, type of thing it's it I'm, it was methylate which i think or mercurochrome and methylate i probably had mercury and it. it was probably super dangerous but they, they used it anyway um, I'm going. I'm going to Google, but uh, it was also known as uh, the, the typical thing that uh, things like camp counselors and teachers called it. Monkey blood was the mm. uh, uh, the nickname for it. Uh, it's a, uh, a disodium salt, uh, organomercuric disodium salt compound used as a topical anesthetic for cuts and scrapes and as a biological dye. It's no longer sold in Switzerland, Brazil, France. Iran, Germany, Denmark, or United States due to its mercury content. Mm -hmm. Best known as a topical antiseptic to treat minor wounds, burns, and scratches. It's often used as the antiseptic of the umbilical cord and the antiseptic of wounds with inhibited scar formation. So it prevents scarring. Mm, interesting. Um, it has a, it's a, a distinctive carmine red that, can, that will persist on skin through repeated washings. That's true. It, you had bright fluorescent skin for quite some time. Uh, it, due to its persistence and to its lethality to bacteria as an antiseptic, uh, mercurochrome is useful on infections of the fingernails or toenails. It was generally recognized as safe in 1998, but then it was moved, or 1998 went from generally recognized as safe to untested due to a lack of recent studies and updated supporting <laughs> information. So now they just recommend use iodine instead. Yeah, okay, makes but sense. All I, all, it, it, can't, it hurt like nobody's business. I can't, it was, it was like somebody just poured sterno on your on your shins <laughs> just it's one of those things that i'm very glad it's gone they probably use that in the triple antibiotic stuff now instead but boy did that hurt um anyway that's what that's what this reminded me wow. of if you had that much mercurochrome on your cuts as you're seeing in this picture you'd be screaming this guy would not be unconscious well he, he's dead so you know he's not gonna yeah you know, that, maybe that's what they do maybe they yeah. put that on him to see if he's dead yeah just, because if he's not just, dead he'll yeah, scream. yeah it's, it's it's a very good test. That mu yeah, that much mercurochrome, and he would probably get up and and run run across. He, he could probably uh, stand the scaffolding up after that happened. Just yeah, probably just grab things and start stacking. Them. That's probably true. Ah, wow. right. So again, the, these paramedics are trying to deal with uh, with with the SWAT guy, 
to no avail. And then, you know, we, we see this for a few seconds and then we hear Barnes on a cell phone and he goes, me? Yeah. And then he gets cut off. So people are going to have to come back on Monday to find out what else he says. It's got, yeah, it's got to be a mystery all weekend, yes. like they can chew over it. What, one thing I thought is that uh, if I were writing the script, and this, this is why I don't write scripts, it's just everybody that shows up, every paramedic, every kind of rescue personnel, they're all turncoats. Everybody, like, they get there and they start working on the guy, and then they all reach into their, um, their medical kits and they pull out, uh, nine millimeter pistols to start trying to shoot McLean and then he has to kill them too. And just, just continue. It's it continuously. Everybody that he meets is not, is the bad guy. Um, but, uh, you know, again, that's why I, that's why I don't get to write, uh, write scripts. <laughs> you can, I mean, there, it, it just, you know, that yeah, is something yeah. that has it, happened it, in other movies. And just let, just let him do uh, you know, a, a Thornburg thing with uh, of looking at the camera going, this never ends. That's right. Um, <laughs> Ah, wow. All right. So, um, Jim, you have anything else you want to say about this minute or the movie in general before we get into the script? Uh, I, you know, it. I keep thinking of this as the antithesis of Empire Strikes Back. Typically, well, actually, it's more. It's more the. It's more the rule than the exception. Empire Strikes Back was a sequel that was, to me, in my opinion, and I know other people's opinions differ. Uh, Empire Strikes Back was a movie that was better uh, than its original one. It was a better sequel than the original. Um, the uh, Die Hard 2 is a, to me, it was kind of a weak, uh, a, a weak copy of, of, of an original masterpiece. But it's difficult. To, I mean, I, you have to admit, it's difficult to follow up such a classic film as the original Die Hard. So the whole production crew was under a lot of pressure yes. to uh, to come out with a good film. However, they it does deliver in terms of just sheer entertainment value. As, you know, talking about popcorn movies, this is definitely a top popcorn movie you don't have to think too hard this is not built as a uh, a reflection on society or any kind of deep thoughts it, this is an action movie and the only thing you're interested in is uh this massive video game that john mcclane has to get from one side of the video game to the other and reach the reach the top boss on the top level so it's uh as uh, for entertainment potential it is mission accomplished for this film yeah i, I completely agree with you on that um, all right, so the, the script is pretty much the same. The, the dialogue is, is almost almost exact. Uh, just one of the descriptions I thought I really liked. It says, uh, Thornburg releases his seatbelt and goes over to the glass, pressing his nose against it like a kid in a candy store. You know, I, I think it would have been more of a problem if had he actually gone all the way to the, to the window. <laughs> Yeah, with, I think, with his hands on either side and just squishing up against, yeah. That's right. I think Holly would have been a little more offended. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, Holly looks at him. She can't help not looking at him. He's practically in her lap. <laughs> and then she says, you're, you're closer than 50 yards. And he goes, so is that plane. And then she looks out the window and says about the traffic jam. And then, you know, he continues about it instead of make people curious. She says, don't you mean nauseous? And then he goes, uh, you know, the people have the right to know Mrs. McLean. You got in the way of that. She says, you engendered my children, my husband, and me, which makes it a little better. You know, the fact that she's saying all of them, not just his children. And then she says, and she continues and says, and you didn't do it for anything as noble as the people. The only time you see the people is when you're climbing over their backs. 
And then, you know, it shows that back with uh, McLean and this is McLean is doing a damn decent field dressing on Barnes. You know, and then Barnes has his little line about uh, me. Yeah. And that's it. So, I mean, not much change here. Um, they, they, I, I like the way it's done in the movie. I don't think it's it's needed to be changed at all. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the little nuances and stuff like that. So here's something that I've been anticipating all season to do to to to, to surprise you jim okay uh -oh. so yeah <laughs> so the, the segment that i do on friday is called uh, where are they up to this weekend okay and uh i decided that what i'm going to be doing is you know trying to test my guests uh memories of some of their favorite movies or movies that they've done movies by minute or whatever it is and you know so here we've just finished minute 50 of this movie so i i'm, I'm now want to see with you know your memory jim if you can remember where some of the movies that you've done were up to what what's going on at minute 50 at minute in them so 50. oh my yeah. gosh oh. <laughs> well, this is this is vicious yes. um, wait 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 now, we'll, we'll go in order we'll go in order um so let's let's start with uh, airport what do you think is going on in airport at uh, uh, at minute fifty again, I give a little bit of leeway. I understand there are different versions out there and stuff like that. Well, okay, the first hour of the movie is the lead up to the bombing, so I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Ada Quonset has just has just boarded the plane. I think that's about that. She's either getting sick in the she's pretending to get sick and heading for the ladies' room. Um, and leaving Peter Coakley behind. So that's what I'm guessing airport at minute 50 is about that scene. No, okay. Well, first of all, that, that scene is, is, is around minute 57 uh, with what you're talking about where she goes into the, into the bathroom. Okay. So, so this is, this that... is actually a conversation between, uh, you know, Dean Martin's character and uh, the, the, the woman that he's, he's gotten pregnant. You, you probably remember the names much better than I do. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Gwen, Gwen Burden. Right. Yeah. So, 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 you know, the two of them are having their conversation in an empty plane. You know, that, yes, that's, that's what's right. going on here uh, in, yes. in airport. They, they're discussing, yeah, discussing whether or not to go to Sweden or not. Correct. Um, okay. All right. Um, so, th so that, that's airplane. So now let's, let's go to uh, the Andromeda strain. What, what do you think is happening in at minute 50 of the Andromeda strain? Uh, wow. It's pretty late into the movie. I would think. Oh boy, this is tough. This is a very, this is a very good, <laughs> this is a very good test because I'm gonna stink at this. Um, Fifty minutes into the movie, I would say uh, I'm gonna go with uh, um, Jeremy. Doctor Stone is waving a uh, he's he's waving a paper at the video screen, yelling, "I have." Uh, I have the, the the message in my hand. How come I was never notified? I think it's because the uh, MCM transmission didn't go through. That's that's my guess. No, they're they're still going through the the various levels of. Oh wow! Of, okay. Yes. Um, they're they're right now about to enter the uh, the yellow level, or or the, they get the yellow jumpsuits, and then uh, you know minute fifty one is where the. You know they have to strip down and then put the, the the strange hats on their heads in order to make sure that uh 
you know, that, that nothing happens to the hair on the top of their heads or their eyebrows. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. Oh, that, Again, it, it was, it's, yeah. It, well, it it's is. Yeah. Robert Wise was very ponderous. It was, it was a very ponderous movie. You're like things that, things that would have happened in the first half hour kind of get stretched out to the hour. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, let, let's go with the Rocketeer. What, what do you think is going on in the Rocketeer at minute 50? Let's see. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm, um, Two hours so halfway through. Uh, the uh, I'm I'm guessing that uh, the Rocketeer and uh, PV are uh, trying to figure. Uh, it, oh no, I, yeah, the the Rocketeer and PV are uh, are trying to figure out why their um, their house was shot up. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, you were very close. It's it's right before that. It's it's. Uh... You know, it's it's when they find the the address. Oh yeah, f- you know, Palm Terrace. Yeah, it's Palm Terrace, sixteen thirty-five Palm Terrace. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. So that, that they find that, and then the FBI shows up at that house also, where where the two of them are there, and you know, then they okay. they they fight the uh, the baddie. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's right. Uh, okay. Both are. That's wow. right. Okay, now we'll, we'll go to, to the final movie that you've done so far is uh, Apollo 13. What is happening at minute 50? Oh, that has to be, let's see, it's either it's either just before or just after um, the, during the cryo tanks, because that all happens around, it's just before the one hour mark is when they're, when they're still, the, the, when the, the ship is dying. So it, it has to be, it, it has to be like, either immediately before or e- immediately after it's right in the Houston. We have a problem. The big, the big jump. That's right. Very good. Am I? Oh yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, it okay. is exactly. I got one. I got one. That's right. And, <laughs> hey, this, you know, no, you, yeah. you were close. You were close with, uh, with the Rocketeer. I, I, again, I have to give you a little bit of leeway on this, this type of thing. You know, the idea is. Yeah, and it's, that, it's been years too. It's been like, I think we did uh, Rocketeer was in 2016 or 17 and then Apollo 13 was 2018. Then we had a six month break uh, and then came back and finished it. We finished with, I can tell you what happened at minute 75 because that's when we came back after a six month hiatus. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but okay. Wow. Well, that's, that is quite a workout. Thank you. I, Holy okay, God. well, we're we're not we're not done yet. Uh, okay. We're not done yet, Jim. I got I got two more little surprises for you. So one of them oh, is okay. is October Sky. Oh, because uh, I know that that's something that you plan on doing in the near future. So I, you know, yeah, and I'm, I'm curious if you have up, yeah. any idea what's going on there. Um, let's see. Uh, he is. Let's see. Um, uh, Homer. This is this is another one that's slow. So it would be, uh, I think it's just before he gets, it's it's before he gets uh, sent back down into the mines when he quits school, uh, when he quits school and gets sent back down to the mines. I think it would be mm, the, maybe the element. No, it's 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 no? right after they get arrested. And, oh, okay. And this is actually one of my favorite scenes in this movie. I just rewatched it yesterday, um, and it's it's when. Uh, you know, Chris Cooper, who plays Homer's dad, you know, tells Homer to get yeah. in the car and then he goes yeah. to, to help his friend, to help Homer's friend, you know, who's being beaten who's up being by, beaten, by his yeah, stepfather. By, yeah, yeah. You know, and that great, and that great scene, that's a very pivotal scene in the movie, because, you know, for anyone who's seen the movie and hopefully, you know, if you haven't, you should go and hopefully I'm not spoiling too much. 
but it's 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 one of the first points where we can see how much Homer really or how how much Homer's dad is a stand-up guy and is it really is heroic in what he does in his life. Yeah. Yeah, and and the movie is just as much about Homer's dad as it is about Homer. I mean, um, I, the, I think like, it's more I think it's more about his yeah. father now that I look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's just understanding understanding the thing and um we're going to well, I, I mean, it's not a secret that we're going to be doing. Uh, Hal and I are going to be doing uh, October Sky, and that's one of the one of the things that we're going to talk about with uh, director Joe Johnson and, and uh, future episodes. Or so stay stay tuned for October Sky Minute. But um, right. I, it is it it is Joe Johnson's favorite movie. Just to let yes, you know. and and I remember you told me that months ago, and I couldn't understand why. And now that I rewatched it yesterday, I completely understand why. It's so yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not about it's not about history and it's not about rockets. It's about people. It's about family right. and relationships and and getting getting used to the idea that your kids don't grow up the way you expect them to. Um, right. But they you know they'll surprise but you. you. It's, but, it's, but you still are able to instill in them certain uh, you know aspects yep. of their life of yeah. of, of their yeah. personality and you know how they deal with with different types of situations. Even if they don't follow your dreams, they follow their own dreams. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he. He said. Uh, Joe Johnson said said to us, "No, uh, no grown man can walk away from uh, the, the the final scenes without crying." And I I agree. It's just yes. it's such an emotionally tearing thing. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, now I gotta go watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can do that. I, I already yeah. did. Okay. So now okay. the final one is is sort of just that little teaser for you. Okay, because because I know there's no way that you're going to be able to, to to do this, and I couldn't do it either. You know, um, so I know that you also have plans in the future to do from the Earth to the Moon, which is 12 yes. episodes. So I'm not we're not going to go through all 12 episodes. Don't worry. Uh, both you, Jim, don't worry, and both the listeners don't worry because <laughs> you know we're not going to sit and go through 12 different episodes. So my first question is: is of the 12 episodes, how many of them do not reach the 50 minute mark? So you know, some of them wouldn't even I wouldn't have what to talk about. If I were to do that, yeah, um, most of them I would think. I would think almost ninety percent of them because they're all like eight-minute segments or, or twelve-minute segments. Um, I think the longest one is uh, again. I'm not talking about they... segments. I'm not talking about the segments. Oh. I'm talking about the episodes. Oh, the the episode themselves. Um, yeah, I think they all reach close to either like forty-five or to fifty minutes. I think more than half of them do. Almost eighty percent, I would guess. 80% make it past the 50, 50 yeah. mark, right? Okay, so yeah. there are three that do not. Episodes 7, oh. 8, and 9 are the, the only three that don't reach uh, that. One of them misses 50 by 12 seconds. You know, it's that close. Oh, you know? okay. Wow. Okay. And, and, and this one I'm not going to make you guess on, but, but I will tell you. So in the very first episode, which is probably my favorite of, of the entire – I mean, I love the whole miniseries, but I think the first episode – uh is is always has always been my favorite so in that one what happens it's the at the 50 minute mark it's where jim lovell and um and buzz aldrin are together on the gemini mission where they finally uh are able to get the final part done and they knew from that that okay now they can move on to the next stage of going to to, to the apollo stage and and getting there you know getting to the moon right yeah so yeah and that was yeah. before that was for uh, buzz started making meth out in the middle of the uh, new mexico desert that was, that's right uh, and this Brian, is and this yeah. is also 10 minutes 
10 minutes before the episode even ends. Because, I mean, the wow. final scene to me always get, always gets me in that first episode. You know, yeah. one, of, one of the men, and one of the men sitting yeah. in the, who just came in this room will be the first man to work, walk on the moon. You know, that type of thing. So, Jim, yeah. this has been a really, really fun week with you. Uh, I hope I hope the, the last 10 minutes hasn't been too much of a torture for you. Uh, no, no, it's been it's, it's been it's been fascinating about how much how much I don't know about the stuff I've been working on for years, but it's it's uh, an intriguing way of looking at, it, especially when we're doing it minute by minute by minute. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the, the trick that I try to use, and I can't say it'll always work, is I try to think back of who was my guest during that week in order to try um, and remember what is happening. Um, it, it sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't work. It's possible that if someone does this to me, I will not remember, you know, what is going on in, in uh, you know, The Great Escape at, at minute 50 or what's going on. Uh, actually, The Great Escape, I do know what happened at minute 50. <laughs> because, again, because I can think of who my guest was. That's what it comes down to. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, wow. well, yeah. So, Jim, you want to uh, tell people uh, how they can get, how, where they can find Jim O'Kane? Yeah, it's really you can find me online at uh, easy to remember jimokane.com j i m o k a n e don't use the apostrophe on there.com and uh, you can find all my all my wayward uh, uh, hobbies out there I have a bunch of different websites uh, one of the oldest ones on the uh, on the web actually at outdate it it it's older than google it's uh, tvdads.com where we go over the history of single dads on television everything from uh, my little margie to uh, the mandalorian uh, so uh, you can read about the rules of single dads out there too. So it's always always a lot of fun. If you see any single dads that I've missed, I'd be happy to hear from you. There's uh, contact information on the site tvdads.com. All right, very cool, and it is a great site. It, it, unfortunately, you know, like most things on the internet, when you start going there you, and you say, "I just want to," I'm just going to do it for five minutes. You get stuck there for yeah. hours. So again, <laughs> it's it's not yes. it's not a knock at you, Jim, but it's it's because it's so fascinating. No, no, no. You know, it it it, it takes away well, yeah, time from I, other I, things. I, I always... <laughs> I always warn I always warn people that as you do that you'll you'll suddenly wake up at you know one in the morning and go wait a minute Sanford and Son wasn't that a single dad show so that that I apologize in advance for people who are going to go through that. <laughs> All right. So uh, finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Twitter and you can find me on Facebook. So Jim, once again, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I I hope that you'll you'll look to come back next season. You know we'll we'll. We'll have to find oh, time for that, but uh, yes, I, yes. I, I hope so. It's it's always been a pleasure having you on, and uh, you know I, I look I always look forward to to having these these uh, conversations because you and I uh, have have a lot in common when it comes to 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 the way that our minds work uh, when when looking at movies. I, I... <laughs> Yes, yes, we spend way too much time thinking about it, but that's important. no. But I see, I don't, I don't see that as a as a negative. <laughs> I think that's, that's I think true. that's yeah, no. that's the problem. Everyone else in the world looks at that as a negative, but 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 we don't, you know, which is which is why it's fun. <laughs> I, very much. All right. Yes. Well, thank you. All right. So I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But until then, yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it